Imagine this. You grab your device, fire up your favorite, and jump right in. The familiar logo welcomes you, and you eagerly kick off your adventure, clearing obstacles, facing challenges, and working hard to finally accomplish your hard-won goal. Of course, because this is the GLG, we're talking about using EdTech tools to learn, right? Naturally, but we could just as easily be talking about video games. We all remember our first NES, PlayStation, or Sega Genesis, and the sheer joy of using technology just to play. There are too many connections here to pass up. You gotta stick around and have a listen as the GLG tackles our noisiest studio to date, the exhibition hall at one of our favorite EdTech conferences, IdeaCon, for our first ever live pop culture pop-up. Welcome back to the Grounded Learners Guild, the podcast that gets real about education, authentic leadership, and the transcendent power of being a part of a highly functioning team. Here are your hosts, La Capitana Casey Veach, team skeptic and idea slinger of spaghetti, Emily Coquelin, and me, clarifying the GLG butter, Jenny Labrie. Welcome to the very first Grounded Learners Guild Pop Culture Pop-Up. The intention of this is to bring our brand of Grounded Learners Guild fun to our friends at Illinois' premier EdTech conference at the Idea Exchange. We are doing some live podcasting here to help demystify the process of what podcasting looks like, warts and all, and show our listeners and passerbys here alike what we do. So what we're going to do here is what we do in a lot of our pop culture episodes is discuss something that's kind of fun and related to the world of pop culture, gaming, something interesting and exciting, and bring smiles to faces, but also connect to the world of education, teams, and learning, and in this case, to technology and innovation and forward-thinking instruction. Absolutely, and to do that, we're going to play a game we like to call Six Degrees of Education, where we take six things, whether they're related to a pop culture film, a genre, media, entertainment in this case, or music, and we see if we can draw parallels to our world of education, leadership, and teams. And by golly, we need some norms today, don't we, fam? (laughs) (laughs) We need some norms because, for instance, we're in this huge, giant exhibit hall. It's loud. It's crazy. We are not in our normal element where we are cuddled up in our own homes. And so we want to do our 20-minute max. That is our goal as usual. But we have a feeling that this is just going to be blown out the window. We already are starting 20 minutes late. Let's just be honest. this case, we're just going to say we're rolling with the punches, right? And then also live mistakes are going to happen. Not might happen, they're going to happen. And we've also got some live audience participants. We have two that are here, but who knows? More might come, more might not. We'll see what what it looks like. And then finally, we're asking not only ourselves, but also our, our audience members to pick something nostalgic. We all have a connection to video games. All right, so Casey, can you jump in by just gisting the topic that we've chosen for this uh, pop culture pop-up? Yes, yes. For this pop culture pop-up at IdeaCon, one of our first founding and favorite ed tech conferences, we thought we would bring it back to video games, right? Video games are perfect exemplars of personalized learning opportunities, where as an initial player, the game starts you off slow, just like we want to do when we scaffold learning for students. And as you continue, you build the skills necessary in order to accomplish or or overcome higher challenges or more levels. So we thought 
IdeaCon really does represent innovation, the best parts of personalized learning. And so we thought no greater topic than to do a pop culture pop-up about nostalgic video games, because some of the near and dear to our hearts games don't have the same media quality or graphics that we see in modern games, but they still utilize game theory to create a sense of fun for participants and learners. All right, so we're going to model the first connection for everybody who's here because you can kind of see how these connections are made across the board. So we are going to go back to a classic as we're going to be doing a lot of today. And we're going to start by talking about Tetris. So what are some connections that we can make right off the bat, education, innovation, ed tech to the game Tetris? I'll jump in here. So the first one that I'm thinking of when it comes to Tetris is when you think about lesson design right? If you have all of the building blocks that you're having drop into your lesson, if you don't think about the embedding and how to get it all into to fit into one another, what does that mean for the student experience, right? So when we're thinking about those blocks, how are they falling into play? And if you're being really intentional about it and turning and twisting and how do we fit SEL into the lesson? How do we fit into the integration pieces that we need? Also, what do we need as far as the content and the standards that we're trying to get our students towards? All of those pieces, when intentionally thought through, are going to fit a lot better together than if you just let them fall on each other. True story. And oh, we are so close because mine was actually going to be a blended learning connection. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't go there. Honestly, that's usually that's your, you, uh, that's usually your, your wheelhouse. <laughs> so what I would say is honestly, that same concept of putting the pieces together and having them fit and especially all of the objectives and the considerations that go into making sure that the students are able to meet all of the incredibly important competencies they have to meet. But you do have to play what I call actual schedule Tetris to mm -hmm. make sure that you're fitting everything in and making sure that you're checking in with all of your students. You have to make sure that that's a key part of blended learning practice. Key part. And I think this may be the first time in a while that we are all relatively close. Mine ah. was the same except for a slight caveat when it comes to the workload of a teacher, right? There's so many different priorities and things we as educators have to have an awareness of. Our standards, instructional practices, SEL, even parent and family connections all need to be a part of our work while also us having a well-balanced life ourselves. And when all of that clicks together, you create and get that level of excitement and magic like, oh, I did it, that's awesome. Awesome, Nice, should we roll into the next one? Should we bring in our first friend and audience member? Yeah, let's do it. So this will be a repeat voice. We've had Don Sturm yes. on the show before. And Don, can you see Casey kind of on the like screen? In here, tighten. And then you're going to hear the chairs moving around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Don, the next one we were going to talk about was going to be Mario Kart. So jump in when you're ready. So first of all, I'm old enough that Mario Kart didn't exist when I was playing. Well, I guess maybe Pong and things like that. But for me, Mario Kart, I think about playing it with my kids and then that idea of relationship to education, it is fast and furious. It's never the same. You swerve to avoid, and the next thing you know, you're shooting off the side, and then it miraculously pulls you in. And so it's just that nature of education in the classroom. But then there's that part of, I don't know whether you want to call it equity, 
but the game, and if I am sharing something with you that you didn't know, just <laughs> which I that's kind of sarcastic, the game never lets the first place person ever get too far ahead. Right. There's always those, you know, you get the banana peel if you're far mm-hmm. behind. You get the more powerful... <laughs> yeah. You get the more powerful power-ups, whatever those are called, if you are kind of lagging behind. And I think that's probably what we need to... Not that we not that we want to take out the person who's ahead of us, but just yeah. that idea of allowing all learners to be able to stay in the, quote, game of learning. Awesome, Don. Well, and I want to make a connection here. Don, you zeroed in on the one that I identified too, that the concept of the power-up, right? That power-up to me if you think about all of us as instructional designers and working towards that goal, I was sort of ignoring the banana peel to keep other people at a disadvantage. But I always loved when I got like the zoomy mushroom where I got to wear the pack that would rush forward. And to me, that's what high quality professional learning can do. It acts as a power up for you as an educator to level up your practice and to make things more equitable especially now that we're seeing so much free or low-cost professional learning being available. So I love that you made that connection too. That's awesome. So I'm about to get in some trouble maybe. We're in the exhibition hall here and there's a lot of companies around, but one of the things I was thinking about with this was thinking of the finish line as being like having well-implemented technology in the classroom that works. And I think of the different little cars and players in that game is maybe being the different ed tech companies, the biggies. So, you know, if you think of like your Mario is Apple and your Luigi is Google and kind of set it up that way in your mind, which I don't know why I went there, but maybe it's just because of where I am. I was thinking of this idea that everybody is just kind of racing to have everything be working well, effectively usable in schools and to be hitting those four C's with that type of technology and make sure that that is really the tool that people are going to for that type of learning. And as you can see, there have, you know, sometimes been faster cars in that race than others, but they're always kind of trying to get ahead of the next as far as that is concerned. So I really just think of that as a whole as kind of the ed tech industry and how they can always sort of be racing to to get to a different aspect of learning that we all need desperately. Emily, yours is similar. However, I was thinking more of the personnel realm than I was thinking about the tool realm. For example, when I used to play this game, like this game was one of my faves. And I just remember always fighting about which player do you get to be, right? Somebody wants to be Princess Peach. Somebody wants, I'm going to be Luigi. I got to be Luigi. Oh, I call Yoshi, right? I never wanted any of those that were completely obvious. The ones that I was looking for, I wanted Koopa Troopa. He was the fastest one, right? You laughed, but he was. He was the fastest. And if you had Koopa, you had an advantage that you didn't even realize you had. The connection that I'm thinking about here is sometimes there's the obvious front runners, right? Or even in leadership or personnel. The people that have those big personalities are the ones that you really lean to because they're they're just amazing in general, right? And they're great. Mario's still great. No hate on Luigi, right? But there are people like Koopa Troopa that you just may not necessarily stand out from the crowd all the time, but they are the ones that are really pushing things through. Or think about the people on the front lines that don't maybe have that demonstrative personality, yet they're making things happen with kids in the classroom. And so we just don't want to underestimate people, even if they don't have that outpouring of a personality. They're those multipliers. They're those multipliers within a system. 
All right. So thank you, Don. We appreciate you joining us. Okay. And, well, thank uh, you. Always love it. That was, yeah. We have another audience member. Would she like come on over? So she is Dr. Jenna Muller. <laughs> She's going to put on some headphones so she can hear. And first of all, have you actually met Casey before? I don't I don't think so. Hi, Casey. Hi, Jenna. Our paths. So Jenna used to be a part of the regional offices of education system. And yes. so we just barely missed each other. Like two ships passing. <laughs> oh, really? I think I just missed you. Well, nice to finally meet you. Yeah. Jennifer, our audience, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So, hi, everyone. Happy to be here at the exhibit hall at IdeaCon. So, I'm Jenna Muller. A little bit about me. So, I was a high school English teacher, and then I shifted into... Oh, do we have a connection? Oh, we do. We have several connections, <laughs> uh, but I am currently a high school English teacher as well as a coach. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, so, so, I have experience as a high school English teacher, and then I did shift to a district instructional coach role. And then, I, like Casey said, I shifted to the Regional Office of Education, and now I get to work with Jenny, who hey, I love, hey. <laughs> and I run the hub, so I do a lot of the makerspace stuff. Yeah, so it's fun. Welcome, Jenna. Yep. All right, so you could go rogue, but we did okay. give you a list of possible games to spark your, what is it, the Mind Palace? Is that what you call it, Casey? The Mind Palace? <laughs> the Mind Palace. So what game is speaking to you right now? Um, DDR is speaking to me. DDR. Dance, dance, revolution. Oh, for sure. How did, yep. Oh, my God. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't Google I mean, Here's it. my nerd card. Uh, you can have it. So kind of what I was thinking with that is, so within the same goal, right, to perform this dance, you have choice and voice in that process. So you can pick whatever song you want. In education, there's this huge shift for students to have voice and choice in the educational process. So that was my one connection. But then I also thought about just that self-awareness and that metacognition piece because for DDR, you kind of have to have that realization of, well, what kind of dancer am I right now? And, like, what song, based on my interests, like, am I going to be able to perform well? Because there's different levels of difficulty. So I also kind of thought of that connection. Obviously, metacognition is so important, but it's also really hard to build that skill. I see a lot of districts shifting towards that and trying to do that, but I still think that is challenging. But then I also thought about once you're actually... So once you pick a song and then you're dancing... If I remember correctly, DDR is also like responsive to your performance. So mm -hmm. like if you have a lot of correct movements, then it would go really fast. So yeah, I made a lot of connections just to our shift towards, you know, competency-based learning and how students can work at their own pace. And if they are performing really well, then they're moving on. And if you're maybe, you know, missed a couple of steps, you know, with this DDR analogy, then, you know, they're slowing it down for you so you can catch up. So I really think that those connections are really cool. And it's fun to be in this process where you can, like, think about these pop-up games in relation to education. Like, I've listened to your podcast before, and I was like, I wonder how they do that. So now it's now fun. you know. Yeah, it's Keep fun being in that process. <laughs> it's demystified now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Awesome, Jenna. That was yeah, a, thank you. Like, three question. connections in one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mine is actually, I think, really not too metaphorical. It's just about how important it is to offer hands-on learning and movement breaks during learning. DDR is one of the first video games that got people off the couch, right? Everybody was sitting with their controllers, and it was really, while super fun and engaging, it engaged the mind more than the body, right? And we know so much more now about this. Research backs the fact that students' brains kind of turn off after a certain amount of time of sitting, 
I just think of how this was like a pivotal game in terms of getting people to move and participate and physically be a part of this experience and how important that is as designers of learning experience to make sure that we have opportunities in classrooms for kids to get up for kids to move around, for kids to use manipulatives, to have there be opportunities for hands-on and motion-based learning in the classroom. Casey, tag your right or me? Well, my connection actually was similar to Jenna's, and we have another game on our list where I put this, but I can pull it here. If you remember the way DDR worked, based on how close you were to the target, it would provide you, again, not high-quality feedback, but feedback. Good job. Oh, Excellent. so close. Perfect. And it would yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And it would give you different values based off of how close you were in proximity to what that learning target is. And to me that reminded me of feedback because the more I got the good job, the point value, the more motivated I was to continue that. Totally. That's how you picked your favorite song, right? And mine is also related to Jenna, but I'm going to take it one step further in the sense that she's talking about metacognition and the power of that. And when you think of that game, and this actually connects to Emily's yours as well, how tired you get physically, right? When you are engaged in metacognitive work, you're so much more not only invested, but it just takes more brain power for you to do that learning. Yes. It, and it's good, it's good work and it's good brain power. And so when you think of like those days when you're like, physically I'm tired or mentally I'm tired, right? So it's just that idea of you can also be super exhausted from the brain work that you need to do and what education can do when you do that metacognitive stuff that Jenna's talking about. You're gonna feel the physical effects of that tired at the end of your day. Or I'm thinking about all the sketch noting I've been doing at this conference. I literally went to bed before 8 p.m. last night because I was so tired and physically I didn't maybe do all of the dance moves from the game. But mentally, I was just so dialed in that it takes a lot out of you, too. Dude, my metacognition must be really on all the time. I've been fed by eight like, all the time. No, no, no. That's just you. Have, you just have young kids. That's your journey. That's your gammon. <laughs> thanks for joining us, yeah, Jenna. Thanks, really appreciate you making thank some connections you. with us. We've done three. Three. We've done three. Three. Yeah. yeah. All right, so next one up is a classic, especially for those of us who care about education and learning. This is a classic school ed deck game. Let's talk Oregon Trail. Oh, you can't not talk about Oregon Trail. Yup, the OG. Oh, that just gives away our age. (laughs) Yes. I've actually heard us referred to as the Oregon Trail generation. Yeah. Go on, Casey. (laughs) So to me, Oregon Trail reminded me of my first initial, like, entrance into agency. I got to pick when I wanted to leave. I got to pick, you know, what pathway I wanted to take. And I got to kill my own deer, kill my own rabbit. You know, it was my first foray into having some sort of control over my quote unquote learning environment. And then it also taught resiliency. Like, was I willing to restart the game (laughs) over after I died with dysentery for the 14th time? (laughs) so it teaches resiliency that even when we face those setbacks we want to continue doing the work and playing the game i definitely look forward to thursday's oregon trail day in you got to do it every thursday jelly i feel like for a unit yeah i remember it was pretty like consistent being able to play it uh mine was maybe a little similar but kind of off in its own branch as well i was just thinking of we've said this before and i'm just going to kind of make this a quick one again the importance of storytelling 
that's a game where you are learning about history, but there is a storyline and you're involved in the storyline. So you're learning this. You're, you're not just, you know, learning something and, and sit and get. You are part of a story, creating the story and learning all the different landmarks and the what the journey actually looked like. But by telling that story and illustrating that story by the way the gameplay is designed, it really was a way of making storytelling a part of your, a part of that authentic learning experience you described, Casey. Maybe this sounds corny, but I'm thinking of the journey, right? The journey has its highs and its lows. The first one that comes to mind is you just died of dysentery. I mean, what other ways could you die on this? Cholera. Cholera. Like, smallpox. Yeah. <laughs> You starved, right? You starved. Um, but yeah, we kept coming back for more. What was that about? Like, yep. I don't know. But when you think of the journey, there's always the highs, there's the lows. In education, there's good, what is the, the equivalent to cholera or smallpox? I don't, right. I'm not going to go there today. Let's keep it light. Well, I'm thinking about the, oh, the raft ride down yeah. the river, that final sequence, right? Being able to be like, I made it to the river, and now my progress is in my own hands. I just have to avoid the rocks. It's awesome when you finally get there and succeed yeah. So here's and just my motivational snippet for today, education aside, is just embrace the journey, the highs and the lows, and the classics aren't going to fail yet. All right, so we're going to shift to talking about a much shorter journey around the same maze-like setup every single time. Let's talk about our friend Pac-Man, y'all. I could jump in first on this one. A lot of times when we talk about ed tech, we talk about creators versus consumers. A lot of times in in learning design, we're really trying to make sure that our students are creating, that they're a part of a design process, and that they're not just munching little dots round and round and round. I'm probably betraying myself a little bit because Pac-Man is my fave, but Pac-Man, there's several ways around, and he's always getting cornered, but he's always consuming. The goal is to consume. So later iterations of Pac-Man have added like different challenges and different ways of doing it to kind of force the learners and the players to be a little bit more creative. But original Pac-Man was all about consumption, kind of the opposite of what we're trying to do in education. I love that. I love that. I didn't even think about it that way. Um, what comes to mind with Pac-Man is you go forward, you munch, 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 <laughs> and all of a sudden the ghosts turn on you. For me, it was adaptability. As learners, as we are engaging with whatever the goal is we have, we have to also provide students the opportunity to flip the script and be adaptable no matter what situation comes at them. So you may have a plan, but if those <laughs> ghosts come after you, you have to be willing to yep. problem solve how to get out of that situation. I think we're going to go all three of us in a different direction. Yes, those yes. are the best. Although I will go on the consumer route because I did my brain did go there, but it was in a, just a slightly different way of thinking about it. So yes, Pac-Man is constantly chomping up everything he can get, right? And those are those yellow dots that it just keeps going for the yellow dots. And I'm thinking of professional learning or even when we're here at IdeaCon, we're thinking about where do we want to go? What sessions are we? These are breakout sessions. You can go, you can come, you can leave. You're looking for that cherry. Yeah. Right? There's this maze and you're constantly looking for that cherry. And you know, okay, the yellow dots are fine, but in professional learning, when you really connect with your audience and you're really thinking about that empathy piece of what do people need, this is the that's the cherry. That is where we want to get people if they're the Pac-Man, we want to give them what they're looking for. They're, they're getting the points that they need at the right time rather than just kind of aimlessly wandering and, and consuming content. What's the cherry for the content and the things that you're designing from a professional learning lens? That's fantastic. I love that. Oh, we've got, we've got, you want to be on the show? No, really. No. 
All right. Are you sure you're more than one? We're almost to a part. We have one more connection to make. I I believe it. I'm just going to listen. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) One thing I wonder, because we haven't talked about this yet. Part of the reason why we were doing it live was to also engage folks in letting them peek behind the curtain. Do we want to talk about that piece before we do our last connection? Yeah. So one of the things that we've tried to provide for anybody popping by too is a little bit of look on how we do things. And obviously the way we're doing it here is a little bit different from what we normally do. The tool that we use to do this is called Squadcast. Jenny, a little more about that? Yeah, Squadcast is the platform. You can use Zoom. There's so many other ways you can do this. Don, I'm trying to even think, what do you use? I use Anchor. Anchor, and that's we, right. we always do in the studio. Yeah. In the studio. My office. Yeah, oh, yeah. So there's different. There's so many different ways yeah. to do that. But for example, in this case, Casey's not on site. I'm currently at another oh. conference <laughs> in Springfield right now. So Wait, I'm family. currently in the hotel lobby. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we don't even know where our third is. Yeah, uh, she could be anywhere in be central anywhere. Illinois. <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing about Squadcast and why we as a guild selected it because it allows us to record anywhere but still be able to see each other. And thankfully, because we're usually recording at like 8.30 at night, it doesn't actually keep the video feed. It just allows us to see each other and have the visual cues for reacting while it records the audio feed for us. And then we're able to take that and edit it. And by edit it, I mean, Jenny edits it. Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody needs on 8.30 p.m. on a Saturday night when I'm in my jammy. Someone needs to have that all recorded. However, Squadcast does have the premium version. We just don't have that particular piece. But if you're interested, you can also record the video as well. We just don't need that. We just need the sound files right i'm very grateful we don't record video because hair's not done usually i'm ready for bed (laughs) i actually look like a living human we didn't even plan this and it sounds like we just had a commercial break shall we get back to our last connection (laughs) yes 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 wanted to make sure people are getting that okay you're welcome to sponsor us squadcast if you so choose we'll take it (laughs) all right so our final connection then that we want to try to make is let's go way 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 back into the time machine here and let's talk about pong so what connections can we make here so i'm gonna reframe the way pong is played so pong in its traditional form was a paddle versus a computer right and the goal is to try to beat the computer i'd say let's switch it and have pong be two sets of co-teaching pairs like a set of a co-teaching partnership and let's have the ball be learning right how do we keep that momentum how do we keep that ball moving for students so they are able to attain that learning with the proper accommodations and modifications and wouldn't it be awesome if we could keep that ball moving along forever love a good co-teaching connection always as a co-teacher yeah so mine i also did a reframe in my mind of how the game is played but i actually was trying to think of the balance between how much a teacher talks versus how much students should be talking in the classroom and in pong there's always this back and forth the ball is never in your court for very long you want to try to be thinking about when you design learning so maybe not even just with talking or discussion but even with just how the ownership of the learning and the activities that occur in the classroom that when you're designing quality learning it may not always be back and forth like that but there is going to be an equal balance of what side of that middle line the proverbial ball is on. How much talking you're doing needs to be nicely balanced with a back and forth for how much learning and teaching themselves the students are doing. So, because I'm the youngest one of this group, right? Oh, baby Jenny. Uh, <laughs> by like 
Come on. I'm gonna take it where I can get it. And it- <laughs> <laughs> so I want to double check with anyone around me. Pong came from Atari, right? Yeah. And the reason I have to ask is because it it, it yes. does predate me technically. I mean, there might be some that uh, an Atari system that was you know laying around predates us. Yes, to me. I'm pretty sure it was like 70s. <laughs> so it predates yeah. all of us. Hey, all right, I was born can... in '82. All right. All right. She's not that old. Oh, da- poor Sorry, Don. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Yeah. You want pre-Atari. Oh, it was, so it wasn't even. It wasn't even a part of Atari. Oh, actually, we've got. A, I believe it was previous to Atari. What's okay. your name? Uh, I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. We've got an audience member who's listening in. He's given us some, some lessons I on think, Pong. Yeah, he knows he's, more about Pong than we do. He's saying that maybe it wasn't Atari, that it was his own system, which is quite possible, and that's why I'm asking the audience, because. I believe it was, because it was just like a, a dial that you turn. A dial that you turn instead of like a handheld? Not a joystick, like Atari. Not a joystick. Like a dial, like that's right. not coming in clutch with educating us on I know, Pong, thanks, thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm thinking of Pong, it's a classic. You have a system that people are still talking about because you're even saying, like, what, this is the 70s, right? It's a system that is tried and true. We've done this connection before with other topics, but let's put it in here too because there are classics to our instructional practices. There are classics that we don't want to throw out just because they aren't ooh and shiny, but how can we think about innovating them? What is it that we can do with our classics? You know, my husband loves games. He's got like a whole set of game cabinets downstairs. He can even get Pong on some of these newer systems now. So you can still access it. You can mm-hmm. still be utilizing some of these strategies in your classroom. But how can you get students that are now in this era accessing the learning in a different way? Maybe their engagement levels are different. So you have to do some slight tweaks to it, but it doesn't mean you have to throw it out completely. Love it. All right, so that is our six connections. Thank you for the assist on that one, Ben. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And Jenny's husband is not the only one who likes games. We usually, on the Grounded Learners Guild, and every episode that we ever record, whether it's pop culture or a full-length episode with a short game, just to have a little fun and unwind at the end of it, but usually somewhat related to the content. Not using this as an exception, we're going to be playing a game called Just One. So Casey, would you mind breaking down the gameplay for this? The beautiful thing about Just One, right, it's spawned off from a tabletop game that was introduced to me by someone who, Don, is near and dear to your heart as well, Miss Stephanie Crawford. And essentially what it is, is we have a list of five words that we select from that we have to try to get an active player to guess. So it's a single word. We have to get our active player to guess by only providing one word clues. And similar to categories rules, if any of the clues match, then they are canceled out. So it is possible that someone, the active player can guess the one word from zero clues. And obviously tipping our hand and keeping things on theme, all of the words in question are going to be related to video games. So that's Mm -hmm. all I'll say. Yep. I just want to jump in here and point out an oddity, and that is typically Casey is our game czar, but she was not on site today. So she is tapping in, not me, not me. I am not the one tapped in, but our dear friend Emily Copeland, you are game czar today, aren't you? Direct all complaints to at TechCoachM on Twitter. So as games are, what we usually will do is then establish the active player who's going to be playing and going to the proverbial silent green room. Once we establish that, we'll roll. Who's active player? I'm happy to be it. Being that I am the only person from afar. I I never get to be active player. Oh, you don't. You're right. Let's do it. 
All right, so Casey, you know the drill here. Pick a number, one through five. I'm going to go with number three. Okay, three it is. All right, adios to the virtual green room. Enjoy the snacks. All right, let's compare words. So we're comparing our words. Are they the same? <gasps> oh, no. So Casey gets three clues. None cancel out. Yep. All right, now we wave at her frantically. Welcome back from the green room, friend. How was it? Yeah, it was good. They got like Toad the Wet Sprocket playing down here. It's pretty oh. funny. <laughs> Chill indie vibes. All right. Exactly. Okay, so are you ready for some words, Casey? We're going to read them off for our listeners, but we're also going to show them to you on some little okay. note cards. We're going all in. So I will start. Did anybody cancel? No, no cancellations. You get three. Okay. You get three. Okay. Mine is instrument okay mine is music okay. mine is strum so almost like my name yeah mm-hmm. i thought about that yeah <laughs> rock band no oh, oh, it. It. look it at her face guitar hero look at her face what Ooh, mad <laughs> strum what? like a guitar yep Oh, she, I thought you said drum. Like, drum. That's why she said almost just like Don's name. Oh, almost like Don's name. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason I said rock band. I know, it's still oh, no. losing, doesn't it, Casey? Yeah. It does. Jenny, I know <laughs> what your that. everyday existence is like. You're just going to be like, one more? Bad connection. I didn't hear you. You want to do yeah. one more? I, I, she wants I a redemption. feel like I need to try. All right, oh, time just... for the redemption art. Pick a number that is not three, and we'll try again. Okay, number four. All right, off to the green room you go. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. These are good. These I are love good. it. She's going to get this. Once again, there are no cancellations, so you're going okay. to get three one-word clues, and we'll go in the same order as we did last time. So my word is... Blue. My word is speedy. And I have run. Run? You got this, speech. Come on. Come on. <gasps> Sonic. Yes! yes! That was yes! it. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Woo! All right. What does she win? <laughs> Let's say she wins three chili dogs because in the Sonic movies, he really do- digs a chili dog. And Sega Genesis. Old school. Oh, I wanted 1,500 golden rings, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll take the prize. Redemption arc, it yes. be what it be. Oh, All right. Awesome. Let's do another round. Would we like to change the active player this time? Jenny or Don, would you like to be the guesser? Let's challenge Don. Okay. Yep. There and- All right, Don's coming back from the green yeah. And I'm going to preface this because I wrote these clues, ergo arguably the hardest clue so don do not feel yeah. bad if you don't get this one okay and i look ridiculous face, standing in the exhibit hall with my fingers in my ears that's so funny all right don so you ready for some one word clues here i will start listeners the word is controller my word is grip 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 grip, grip. and my word is a close cousin Grab. Grab controller and grip. Like get a grip. Oh, a Wii. Oh, <gasps> so good one. That is a good one. Nope. Oh. Yep. All right, good guess, Don, but the answer to that one was actually joystick. 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 The good old days. <laughs> I know. We're, so we're going yes. vintage here. So 
Yeah, but great guests. So, Don, thank you for playing. Uh, we really appreciate that. Because Joystick is going to be part of this, we're going to be watching for the shipping of the live arcade version of Space Invaders. Oh! So that you can practice... <laughs> joystick controller usage uh, and put that fresh in your mind at any time. I'm having a flashback and maybe it was with the episode with Don when you played a game with us and we offered a, was it you where we offered a prize and like, do I really get it? And we're oh, like, oh no, no. Because <laughs> no, actually I was like literally thinking that like, do they have space invaders? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just like to. Uh, you <laughs> wouldn't be giving that out as a prize if you had it. No, no. I can if you would like send you an email with a picture of well, Space no. Invader console. Or a link where you can play like a emulator of Space Invaders yes, online. Yes. We'll yes. find something for you, Don, for sure. All right. Okay, thank well, you thank so you. much this for joining fun. us. Yeah, this is a blast. Thanks, Don. All right, so uh, thank you for joining us. This was a brand new format to us, but we really had a fun time making this uh, happen for you. Please join us in some upcoming full-length episodes on the Grounded Learners Guild. We're going to be releasing some fresh content through the spring. Hang with us. We're really excited to be a part of this at IdeaCon and are looking forward to bringing more new content your way. Keep an eye out for us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Bye, y'all. Bye. And that's a wrap. It's so good to be behind the mics talking to you all. Thanks for choosing to come around to engage with our guild's content as we passionately continue to advocate for adult learners with transparent conversations about the world of education, impactful leadership, and the power of high-functioning teams. If you'd like to connect, the power of the PLN continues as always, and you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter, at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie, using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Do you even realize your feedback is everything? Feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already, or are finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review as well as subscribing? You can find us wherever you stream. Thanks as always for tuning in to be a part of the Grounded Learners Guild. That's it for us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, in today's episode. See you at the next guild meeting. And don't forget, in the meantime, do your best to stay grounded.